uh, Proximity Podcast episode number two. Thanks so much for joining us today. So uh, we are joined by uh, my, what I consider as my dear friend, uh, Nicole Reed, and my beautiful co-host, Stephanie Gitz, my wife. <laughs> uh, so um, Nicole, thank you so much. Uh, I know that you're... Um, you're a, you're a busy mama, busy uh, entrepreneur, and you got a lot going on. So thanks for carving out some time to spend with us. Absolutely. You're amazing. So uh, we're going to jump right in because I, I am super excited about this. I'm not sure uh, any of us are really prepared for um, what we're going to get into today. Uh, Nicole, I think you said, you know, you're not. So uh, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll see, <laughs> we'll, see how we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I want to start with just kind of where you are uh, today. You know, I've since we kind of started working together, you know, I've been following your journey and I've just been so impressed by you know, just um, uh, everything that you that you do and everything that you do. I know you would probably disagree, but everything that you do seems to like turn to gold. So, um, <laughs> so Logan on my car that says there, uh, look, look at that. Look at that. I love it. I love it. So, uh, can you share with, uh, with us and with the audience, just, you know, where, where are you today? Uh, you're in the real estate space, just like, you know, just like me. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your business and you know, your team and, and just kind of what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a real estate agent broker. So I do have concurrent license actually. So I have my own brokerage, which I do property management in, and then I have my license with EXP as well. Have a team, Nicole Reed Real Estate and Associates, and it's seven of us. Um, then I have full-time staff as well, office manager, admin, and transaction coordinator. So um, we're growing, you know, I, I grew fast and then I had to cut back mm -hmm. quickly because um, it's very important to make sure that you get the right people on your team, especially mm. um, regarding your vision, your mission, just to make sure that everybody is on the same page. And I had some that really weren't. Yep. So, yep. you know, we scale back, we'll skim back. And now we're scaling again um, to grow the team. The right way. The right yeah. way. Yeah. Core values, yeah. culture. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what, what did you do professionally prior to real estate? So I was in banking for 16 years, started there when I was 20 years old as a part-time teller. And I worked my way all the way up to a vice president of the bank. Um, when I decided that four jobs and one salary was no longer acceptable for me and I had to make some changes. So banking industry was changing. And I personally just was not conducive to a lot of the changes in the practices within the banking um, industry. And so I had to make some hard decisions. It, it was tough um, because technically nothing really bad happened, but it was just a point in my life where it was time for a change. And I wanted to be there um, for my family, for my kids. I have five boys and, you know, they were all in sports and traveling. I wanted to be there. And then financially, I just felt like there was a financial growth mm. opportunity for me and I wasn't going to achieve that where I was at. Mm. So you transitioned right from banking into real estate? When I left banking, I had no clue what I was going to do. So the story, <laughs> so the story is I've been there for 16 years. One day I'm sitting in my office and I literally have a panic attack. And if you know me, you know, I don't have panic attacks, but I had one. And at that point, you know, I, I left work. I called my doctor. I had an appointment with them. And then I took off for a couple of days and did you, did you know at the time it was a panic attack or did you think something else? Was I didn't know what it was. I just know I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get myself together. 
Like it, it was crazy. And I, cause I've never experienced anything yeah. like that. I handle pressure and stress pretty well, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so I've never really experienced that. And I had that happen to me while I was at work and it was kind of a, an eye opener for me. I really truly believe that God was pushing me out that door three years ago. And I was just so attached to the, the convenience and the comfort comfortability mm -hmm. of being there that I was scared to, to just leave. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew really, yep. you know, yep. from my adulthood, but, um, that happened and it really kind of just opened up my eyes to really think about my physical health, you know, and just, am I really happy doing what I was doing at that time? Because at one point I was, um, but I wasn't anymore. And I was just kind of going through the motions, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, dreadful getting up, you know, dreadful going to work, mm -hmm. like everything just became very dreadful. And, um, I had a conversation with my husband that weekend and I told him, I, I can't, I can't stay here. Like I've got to do something. I don't know what it is. The only thing that I Stop know this. is that is <laughs> yeah. I can't stay here. Like I prayed about it. We prayed about it and God gave me a release and I felt good about it. My husband gave me permission, you know, and, and he supported where I was going with that. And I, I went back the next week and I gave my, re my resignation. Um, I gave him a month and a half to figure things out. Uh, so I stayed to the end of the year, but I really didn't know what I was going to do. My, my whole focus was to take a sabbatical, pray about it, like get my energy, my mind, my spirit, all of that back intact. Cause I lost it. And, um, and that's what I did. I just focused on me. I prayed about it, you know, and then four months later, me and James, my husband was having a conversation and he was talking about, um, real estate and getting into the investment side of real estate. And it was almost like this bright light bulb just came off and it was like, oh yeah, you should get your license. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where it was. Cause I've always had a passion for real estate. When I was in banking, I did financing I did second mortgages, home equity lines. You know, I was a lender as well. And so I've always had an, an eye and a passion for that in the banking industry. It was a conflict of interest because I was an officer of the bank. So they would not allow me to have my license as well. So it was just kind of like, oh yeah, let's do that. And the next week I found a class the next week I went and took the class. Then after I passed the test from the class, the next week I went to Depor and took my PSI. And then the next day I was at a brokerage with my license. And the following week I had my first contract. And I've been rolling That's ever crazy. since. That's crazy. That is amazing. Yeah. Nicole does not play around. She does not play around. Yeah. That's what, that's part of what, yeah. why she's been so well, successful for sure. Well, and just, just real quick, honey, I, I think there's, there's so many, I mean, I could probably spend just hours and hours talking to you, but, um, there's so many lessons in, in kind of what you just laid out, because I think so many people, um, they get stuck yeah. and they, you know, they, they, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I had panic attacks when, you know, we, we were in pharma. I had more than one. Hmm. And, uh, that's a scary thing. Like the first yeah. time you're like, am I having a heart attack? Yeah. And so, um, so many people, um, they wake up every, every day and they're, they're not excited about yeah. what they do. And, and you took action yeah. and I know, I know that was hard. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's some, there's some lessons in that and, you know, putting yourself in position, where you, you can take a sabbatical mm -hmm. too, like where you, right. you know, where you can afford to take right. a sabbatical in time and having right. a, a supportive husband, obviously I know was, was a big deal as well. So, um, anything else you want to share with, with regards to just that? Um, cause I, I think it's really interesting for people to hear that, you know, if you feel like that, which I think so many people do, yeah. 
you know, how do you, how do you kind of make that transition? Yeah. It is really, for me, I just had to step out on faith. And sometimes when I make decisions, it's like, I don't even think about it. I just dive in and I go. Mm -hmm. And I was to that point where I was like, I just got to go. Like, I'll deal with the consequences later, Mm -hmm. but I got to go. But, you know, financially, I was financially okay, right? Um, I had money saved up from 401k and different things, um, you know, from, from working. So that was, that was a backbone for me. And I spent, (laughs) I spent every dime of it. Right. (laughs) But, um, so that was important. I still have five kids to take care of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't mention that the following year. So I, I left my job, um, December, 2015. And then the following year, for medical reasons, my husband left his job. So you're talking about two six-figure incomes that was wiped away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was nothing but God, but we we were both walking in faith. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he just was, he started talking about real estate investing and I was like, oh, this is it, yeah. right? And yeah. we've been rolling ever since. Yeah, so. and you have been yeah. rolling ever since. Yeah. yeah. Can Can I ask? Um, can you share some of your your personal sales statistics and team? Just because I I think it's important for for the audience to know. Yeah. Kind of where you, I mean, it, you know, why, why, why they should be listening to what you have to say. <laughs> I, I know nothing. I can, uh, that's not true. That's not true. Crushes. Uh, um, so since I've been in real estate, I've sold over 70 million in um, sales, um, which is close to about 300 mm-hmm. um, families that I've been able to assist in that. And I've also done in addition to that on the real estate side. So me and my husband, we do real estate investing. We um, rehab a lot of properties and flip them. Um, and in the last Four year, we, we've done about 35 of those as mm. well. Mm. 35 in a year? In the last four years. Four years, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is amazing. And you have a radio show? I have a radio show called The Real Playbook Radio Show. So we are on air on Wednesdays. Well, I'm actually in the process of many transitioning talents. to a podcast as well. Um, well, it's going to be radio and it's going to be a podcast. Okay. So we're in a transition right now. But um, right now we're on ESPN Richmond on Wednesdays at 6 a.m., so you can definitely check out that show mm-hmm. every Wednesday, 6 a.m. ESPN Richmond, 106.1 mm-hmm. FM. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Real Playbook Radio Show. So we're talking about all things real estate, um, whether you're looking to buy, sell, invest, whether you're um, a part of the industry, realtors, designs. Um, and then we throw in a little bit of other stuff um, in, in, in like nonprofit, different things like that. So, okay. um, but we, yeah, we just like to talk about real estate, educate, promote, and inspire people with Love real it. estate. Yep. Yeah. That is amazing. Definitely check that okay, out. Okay. So, so you've had all this success <laughs> and it, it, I'm, did this just come easy for you? It just fell in your lap. Silver. I camp. mean, you're just, you were just born with the silver spoon. <laughs> And, and I know, I know this Clayton and I know this isn't true because Nicole shared it. Do we, it, we need some, t- Tim, I might need you to get us some tissues in just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> she shared just the most amazing story with Clayton and I, one night over dinner, we were breaking bread together. And because of the story, when Clayton and I were inspired to do this, this podcast, I was like, I want Nicole to be our first guest. She's mm-hmm. because her story is so amazing. and so very inspirational. So would you share, um, your, his, like a little bit more about your background, you know, like from how, how did you, how did this, all of this happen? Because it, it all plays a role, I think. Yeah. Um, it definitely does play a role. Um, I will say that 
regardless of what I've been through, like it's made me who I am today, you yes. know? And sometimes you've got to take tragedies and turn them into triumphs. Mm. Um, you know, but I'm a, a sibling of 10. So it's 10 of us. My mom and dad had 10 children. I am the fourth oldest, the youngest girl. Um, and my mom was a stay at home mom and my dad, he's always been an entrepreneur and he's, he's worked several jobs. Um, and you know, uh, I grew up in church, so apostolic Pentecostal, and it was very strict, mm. very, very strict. And I was, they would con consider me the black sheep of the family. So you're a little rebellious. <laughs> I was a lot rebellious. <laughs> if you said I couldn't do it, do it I did it. <laughs> I was like, let me see what's going to happen. I was rebellious and I like to learn things the hard way. Um, mm -hmm. so I was a rough, I was a rough learner, but I'm an easy teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, so I always felt like I didn't fit in. And I now understand why that is. I was set apart for a reason, but I've mm. always had that feeling that I didn't fit in. And so I was always looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. And, um, at a very young age, um, I was molested as, as a child. And I think that was a really turning point for me where, you know, I, that's what I, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And, you know, I was looking for acceptance. I was looking for, um, just someone, anything, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, my parents were great, but my dad was absent a lot because he was taking care of 10 kids. Like, so he was working, he was doing what he had to do. He was, I was daddy's little girl. So he taught me a lot of lessons, you know, just when it came to the hustle and getting things for myself. Um, a lot of lessons that I learned and from my dad, but when I was 14 years old, you know, just because of the people that I hung around, I hung around gang members. Right. So at 14 years old, I was jumped in a gang and, um, and I did a lot of things that I wasn't proud of, you know, and, um, I've been to four different high schools. So every year I was at another high school until I finally moved to Virginia, which I did my, my senior year here. Um, but yeah, so I, I lived a gang life. I, I did a lot of, a lot of things that I wasn't proud of. Um, and, um, I, I actually, at the age of 16, um, I was dating a guy who was in a gang as well and was doing all other illegal activities. Uh, but this, he was my boyfriend at the time and he actually pulled a gun out on me and pulled the trigger and it didn't go off. Um, and that was kind of like an eye opening for me as well, because that day my life could have been taken and it wasn't by the grace of God, it wasn't, but there were always people who would tell me I would be one of three things dead in jail or young and pregnant. And thank God I was none of those. Um, but that has always been the story. And I was able to not accept that story, not, not accept what people wanted me to be and to, to make change, but it wasn't easy. And I would really say that the one thing that really helped me get out of that environment was my mom who never gave up on me. Right. My mom would stay up all night and pray and walk the hallways waiting for me to come home. My mom would, would, would she would just always be there right and in a place where my my mom and my dad were making transitions when we moved here to virginia 
Um, and I had moved out at 16. So because I didn't want to, I didn't want to follow the rules. You know, my mom and my dad were very strict. Um, it was so many different things that we could not do. And I was trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 16, um, I decided that I was no longer going to stay here. Um, and I jumped out of a window on the third floor in our house to get away from my mom and dad. And, um, and I never looked back. So I stayed with some friends for a while. And then eventually I ended up moving in with my older sister. Um, and at that point I was 17 years old where my mom and my dad was relocating here to Virginia because my dad got a job at uh, the new Millennium Studios that opened up with Tim and Daphne Reed um, back in 97. And so my mom came by my sister's and told me to get whatever I had because I was leaving. I was not going to stay here. And I believe that because she did that, I'm here today. Because had I stayed where I was at, I, I honestly believe I would not be here today. Mm-hmm. Um just, you know, being a product of my environment, the people that I were hanging around, the decisions that I was making were were not good decisions, yeah. not good decisions at all. So my mom, she came and she got me and she basically told me, if you don't get in this car, I'm calling the police because you're still a minor. Yeah. Right. And um, so I did because I believe I was to a point in my life where I knew that I had to I had to do something. I had to make a change. I wasn't going to be here. Yeah. I wasn't going to be here to see my future. And um, so I did. I got here. And um, we moved here in Camelot in Petersburg. And I, I went to Petersburg High School. By the grace of God, I graduated on time. I had to do night school, but I graduated on time. And I was able to graduate and, um, you know, move forward from there. And, and I've had some college as well. Um, got my degree in business administration Um, but I've always had like a hustle, like just that go get it. So my dad, my dad was always, like I said, he's always working. He's always taking care of kids, but I was daddy's girl. So my dad would always tell me if you came with half, I got the other half, no matter what it was that I wanted. So that kind of instilled a work ethic in me that. Cause I wanted things, you know, at, <laughs> it was half, right? all I had to do was come away. I used to, my mom made our clothes. Like I used to wear homemade clothes and small shoes because even though I was the youngest girl, I was bigger than my two older sisters. So I outgrew them and everything. So I would be wearing shoes that didn't fit me in homemade clothes. So if I wanted other things that other people had, I had to go work for it. So I started off young selling candy, hustling candy and, you know, making, making money until I was old enough to start working where I had my first job at Arby's. But that was one of the things that I think that was really instilled in me when it came to like, just going after what you want, you know, but also instilling that work ethic in me that nothing is going to be given to you. Um, my dad did that for me. Mm. And, and he was always there and it was a conflict of interest with my mom sometimes. (laughs) My dad dad was like, (laughs) 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 just don't, just don't tell her, you know, but yeah. Um, I don't know. So, so So it sounds like your, your mom and your dad Mm -hmm. were, were the voices, the influence mm-hmm. 
positive influence in your life at that time. Was yeah. there anyone else that that came into your world, either accidentally or you sought them out, that um, that helped to draw you, pull you, take you in the in the in a positive direction? Um, no, really, it was it was my faith, my mom, my dad, and my my will, my willpower to to do something else to be somebody different than, than who I was before. And I was, I was smart enough and in the right mind enough to understand at 17 that me going ahead and leaving with my mom was an opportunity for me to change my identity, mm -hmm. change who I, who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I was able to do, you know, with relocating, um, and just being able to start all over, start fresh in an area where nobody knew me, nobody yeah. knew my name, nobody yeah. knew my background, like nobody, nobody was there to judge me. They could only judge me for who I was today. Mm -hmm. Um, because I've been locked, I mean, I, I've been locked up. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've done some things that I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, thank you to the governor for <laughs> sponging my record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, but I, you're such a great example yeah. of, of somebody that, that didn't let your, you, you've never let your past define who you are today. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like where that came from. I'm, it, did you look up to anybody, whether it was like on TV from a distance, was there anybody that you looked at and you were like, I want to be like her, or I want to be like him or anything like that no really it was my haters like it was mm -hmm. the people who told me i would not be nothing the people who told me i would be dead yeah. before i turned 18. you know the people who, yeah. who who just told me that i would amount to nothing those were the people wow that that gave me the motivation to go out there and show them something different yeah. show them that i'm not you know my circumstances yeah. right i'm not the the bad mistakes that I made, the de decisions that I made when I was younger, I, like I'm not yeah, that person. No. Like I can be who I, whoever it is that I want to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was really because I've never been that person that had someone that was like my idol. Mm -hmm. I just never had. I never had that idol. That idol. Idol. What is it called? Idol. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, idolized anybody that that. Yeah. Yeah. I I just. Never, like I've just never had that. But the people who who doubt me, that yeah. has always been my motivation. That's fuel for you. It's, yes. Yeah, it's, you can get better, or you can get better. There you go. And, Correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and um, that I think that's. I'm just thinking back to kind of stuff that I've been through in my own life, and what you just said um, was exactly like mm -hmm. you know when when you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna show um, you that I can. I'm gonna show you that I can. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I just remember some very specific stories. One well, one was just I was at a at a friend's house and I was making some bad decisions and, and, um, uh, funny enough, this was up in Delaware. Funny enough, his father was a big real, a real estate uh, broker owner. Mm -hmm. I believe it was with Coldwell Banker at the time. And, um, and they were, I mean, compared to what, you know, I knew they were wealthy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're big house, lots of investment properties. And, and I remember my friend told me that his father told him like, why are you hanging out with that kid? You know, Clayton, like mm -hmm. he's, he will never amount to anything. Mm -hmm. wow. You know, you're, you're just, you know, and, and he told him rightfully so, you know, you're the product of, 
you know, the five people that you spend the most amount of time with, and he ain't one of them. Mm-hmm. And when he told me that story, it just ignited this little, this little, yeah. you know, spark. I'm like, you know, it just, I, I use that as fuel right. and still do to this day. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I, um, I can definitely relate to that. It's, it's, it's interesting though, Nicole, that, that there are, there are a lot of people that, um, for whatever reason, choose not to, not to do that. Right. right. They get stuck into that, mm-hmm. to that environment and they, they don't either don't know how to get out. Don't, right. don't don't want to get out because they don't know that there's a better, right? Um, yeah, that was, that was going to, I was going to go there next. I'm glad you said that yeah. because so many people that are still right now in, you know, in that place that you were in, yeah. um, and it feels like it may not be the case. It feels like most of them, for whatever reason, choose to stay in that place. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Burchard has, you've probably heard it before, because I know you do a lot of personal development, but he he says there's three types of people, caged, comfortable, and charged. The caged person is the person that's that's a victim. And woe is me, you don't understand, you'll never understand what I've been through. And they just, it's like, they just, they just stay in this place. And yeah. what they don't realize, like they've put themselves in a cage. Right. And they don't realize the door's open. They can walk out at any time. You did that. Mm-hmm. And so what, if, what, what? what is it inside of you that, that gave you the mindset to do that? What it sounds like you kind of already answered that question. A lot of it was just the haters. Yeah. I think really it's, it was my faith, my faith in God, you know, just being able to turn to a higher source, something that was bigger, that was higher, that was greater than me or anybody else out there. Um, and to have the, the mind, the mind to want something different, right. The mind to change, Um, a lot of people, like they don't understand, like this is, it's a mental battleground in your mind, right? That's where the enemy plays at all the time. Like an idle mind is, is the most dangerous thing that you can have. And I'm good at keeping myself busy. Number one. So Mm -hmm. that, that is a really has been helpful for me is just always staying busy. I'm always doing something. I'm always into the next thing. So I, my mind doesn't get to sit and dwell Mm -hmm. on on past things and experiences. And like, even now I still have flashbacks about stuff. Like I was telling you guys before we started, like there are certain things that like, this is just, this is the first time me publicly just talking about any of this. Right. And there are certain things that I haven't personally dealt with myself internally that I know I need to deal with, because I know that some of that spills over into my relationships, into my you know, my relationships with my husband, my children, my friends, like all of that stuff, like people think that they don't have to deal with the issues, the damages, the, you know, the hurt and all of these things that we all experience in life in different ways. Um, People don't think that they have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And number one, you do have to deal with it. And even if you're not fully dealing with it, with talking to someone, like you have to deal with it within your own mind, within your own self. Right. So changing, like changing the atmosphere, changing how I think, changing what I put inside of me, all of those things plays a part. And what I've found is for the people that are stuck, number one, they don't want to get out of being stuck. Like you can't they, make them want it. You can't make them want it. I, I know people that I've known for 20 years telling me the same thing. And it's like, I stopped listening because I can't. I, I know personally that whatever it is that I want to do, all I have to do is make a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I made the decision subconsciously, 
my my mind, my body, like everything starts to react yeah. to get me to where I need to go, right? Yeah. But people don't want that change. Mm -hmm. um, they don't believe they deserve it. Mm -hmm. For me, I believe I deserve it, right? There, there was a long, I spent a lot of years yeah. feeling like I didn't deserve it yeah. because I've heard it so many times before yeah. that that I didn't deserve it, that mm -hmm. it wasn't for me, that I wasn't worth it. So I spent a lot, a lot of time just telling my own self, right? And that's what the enemy wants us to believe. That's right. Affirmations. Like I tell people all the time, affirmations are so, so important. Mm. Um, I remember a time in my life where I used to write, um, little notes, little affirmations, you know, scriptures, different things that every morning I would wake up and I would go it would be in my mirror in my bathroom taped on, on the mirror. And I would have to repeat those things. And I would look at myself in the mirror and I, and I would repeat those things. And I am a child of God and I am set apart for a reason. And I'm worthy to have everything that God wants for me. I, I've had to tell myself that to believe it because when you hear the opposite mm -hmm. for so long and, and from so many people, yeah. you begin to believe that you don't deserve that. Especially and, when you're a child or a young and, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so. But people is, is such a cycle that people get wrapped into. And, and a lot of times it's generational curses, yes. generational cycles yes. yep. where people can't get out of it because, you know, their grandparents went through the same thing, their yeah. mother went Sense through the same the thing. Yeah. It, it, and it's just like a cycle that nobody knows how to break. Mm -hmm. um, but it just, it starts with your mind, mm -hmm. right? It really does start with putting something in it that wasn't yep. in it before, That's replacing right. it with the negative things that mm -hmm. were there. And the only way that you can really do it is kind of like a deprogramming, like a, like they do Just when yeah. people, you know, that are in military, for an example, you know, they're programmed to act, to think, to to operate in a certain way. And when they become civilians again, they have to be deprogrammed to civilian life. It's it's the same thing, you know. Once you're growing up, you're in your rearings, you're programmed to believe, to think, you know, to respond in certain ways based off of you're bringing your upbringing and, and your circumstances. And so it's a matter of deprogramming those things so, out of you and replacing it, reprogramming yeah. with the so right good, things. Nicole. So good. That's so good. Yeah. There's so many nuggets in there. Well, and it's, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's really what this, you know, what this podcast is all about. It's, you know, getting in the room and, and cause, because that's where the reprogram, what you put into your body, yeah. you know, what you read, what you listen to, who you're, who you're spending time with, you know, it's, if you had stayed in that environment, mm -hmm. yeah, there's no doubt that yeah. you, you would either be a, well, you'd either not be here or you would be a dramatically different person Absolutely. today. When, when you shared this with us and, and you didn't go into great detail, um, cause you weren't ready and we kind of forced you into this, but, uh, <laughs> but, but when Nicole, when you, when you said that for the first time, I was like, no way. Yeah. Cause I no, can't, no you can't well, I mean, you, you are, you are so, um, you know, just polished and I mean, you are always dressed for the night. So I just, I, 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 just, I was like, no way, that, no. I was like, no way, no way. You were not using pictures. You were not. <laughs> Well, I would love, listen, like, is this the same girl? Listen, I would love, I would love to, to wear baggy pants. So I, bag. I was a tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put heels on as I was 18 years old. No, no you, can't, you can't. I wore dresses dress. because of church and I had to wear yes, a dress, yes, yeah. you know, growing up, oh but gosh. to like put a dress on and be like, oh, I'm cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that was... It just reminds me too of, of like, because we, we all shared the same faith that, that God has a way of renewing, mm -hmm. you know, making new. Mm -hmm. right? 
And, and clearly he's, he's done that with you in yeah. such an amazing way. He, he has, I, I look at my life today and I'm just, for me, it's still like, girl, this is your life, right? It's, it's, it's unreal for me. Like it's unreal to, to know that I'm a mother, you know, unreal to know that I'm, I'm now a, a Gigi. Yeah. I, uh, which, I'm real to me too. <laughs> I know. Cause you don't look old enough to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, to have, to have successful businesses, yes. you know, to be a, a leader, a mentor, you know, a coach, you know, all of those things for me, it's still unreal to me because I know, and like for the people who know me, like for them, it's just like, it's a surprise. Right. Um, but it, it's, it's unreal, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Like I, I'm yeah. blessed that it, that my story is what it is. And I know that God has so much more just for started. me. I'm yeah. just getting started. And, um, and I'm not a product of the decisions that I make. Um, you know, I can't really even say that my circumstances were, were bad that put me in certain decisions. It was the decisions that I made that yeah. put me in those decisions. Yeah. Um, and so because of the grace of God, like he allowed me to walk through that fire and, and, and I smell like, bro, you told me I smelled good when I came <laughs> in. I did. Smell like rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh he did. Only God can do that. Mm -hmm. Only, only God can do that. Just like he changed Saul's name to Paul. Like yes. yeah. only God that can do something like that. And, you know, just to encourage anybody out there, like you don't have to stay the same. Like you don't have to be, um, a product of your situation, your circumstances, even your decisions. Right. I tell my kids all the time, like for every decision that you make, there's a consequence, whether yeah. it's good, That's or whether right. it's bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a law of attraction, you good and, and bad. Right. Yeah. So there's consequences to that, but you don't have to be a product of the bad decisions that you make. Well, and, but and you, you're going to, and you're going to make them. And you're going right? to, sometimes make you win, sometimes you learn. I mean, yeah. you're, 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 you're going to make them. And, and I actually love that. Cause I would, I was thinking, I was thinking about, um, I was kind of processing what you thought, like, I'm not a product of my decisions. Um, like we, we, we kind of are, we, we are, and we aren't like, it's right. And, and, but you, to your point, like you don't, you don't have to be a product of your decision. Like right. we, we've all made bad decisions. I mean, my God, when you mm -hmm. and I met, I, mean, mm -hmm. I was, I was, you were pulling me out of a bad place. Um, but you know, you made a lot of decisions when you were younger mm -hmm. that had you not changed. Right. Um, then that would have been the product of your, right. right. But you made different decisions. As I, you've, in yeah. the, in the path of, I decided to start making different decisions yeah. that, yeah. that were smarter, that yeah. were better, yeah. that, that could give me an outcome mm -hmm. that I was, that I wanted, that I, yeah. that I would appreciate. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes like there's influences out there. Um, when you're, when you're trying to find a way to be love, or you're trying to, you know, just connect with people. Um, sometimes you find that in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. And even though like, it's crazy because I can, for me personally, I can think about every bad thing that I've done. And, and there's always been a voice in my head, like, you know, damn well, like mm -hmm. you should not be doing this. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Is that your mother's voice? <laughs> it wasn't my mom's voice. It, it, was, God. God. it was God. Yeah. It was yeah. God. Um, and it didn't sound like my mom and it didn't sound like my dad. It mm -hmm. was, it was God's voice. Like yeah. even 
mm-hmm. with my husband now, like my husband is my second marriage, even in going into my first marriage, it was like, God was telling me, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. This is not it. Right. I got two beautiful children out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I like, it's like every step I, I know when I'm going right. And I know when I'm going, mm-hmm. right. yeah. um, and that's one of the gifts that God gave me a gift of discernment. Right. Um, and it's just a matter of being obedient now, you know, yeah. I say obedience is better than sacrifice. I can attest mm-hmm. that obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sacrificed a lot, you know, and again, I don't go back and think about, you know, all of those things and wish my life was different. My life is what it is, right? It has made me who I am today. It has taught me lessons that I pray my children will never have to learn, yeah, you know, of course. Yeah. we've all made mistakes that we pray our kids never, right. <laughs> you know, have to, but have they to still, make. man, they still they don't want to listen. Always, most of us are what like, do you when, know, mom. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's the human condition where we all have to learn the hard way. Like we, well, there's a, where's, what's that quote about a wise man listens, listens to the, or, or you know, basically looks at the mistakes that others make mm-hmm. there's, and learns from them. Right. The fool has to learn for themselves. I was a fool for most of my life as well. Like we, 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 that's what we do, you know, but that you're this quote, I pulled this quote because I was thinking about Mm -hmm. your story. And Tony Evans said, God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. And, and because I think that, you know, we obviously have free will, (laughs) but like you were saying, we make decisions sometimes that we shouldn't make. But God has a way of, of, of putting us where he wants us as yes. long as at some point we connect him and we do what you did, you right. know, like right. you, he has, look at where he's brought you. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, you have to submit. It's like you, you have to give your everything right to God mm-hmm. and I'll just allow him to just come in. Like, so I didn't tell you a part of my story. <laughs> so, um, you know, with all of this and transition and everything, and I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, mayor before it was in, it ended up violently. Um, and then even just finding my husband, you know, working at the bank. So I was, I was his banker. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But, you know, just finding him, it's, it's funny because when he was actually going through a divorce. I was going to, through a divorce. We didn't know each other were going through a divorce, right? Mm. Um, and um, he actually, once his divorce was finalized, is when he decided he wants to come and approach me. But he would come through the drive-through. I remember him telling us. <laughs> I don't know. He'll tell you a totally different, different story. Of course, that. of course, he will. Of course, he will. <laughs> he don't add his little stuff. He'll tell you that I would not stop harassing him. I believe it's the other way around. You came to my job. <laughs> Sounds like the story your dad tells about your mom. Totally, yeah. Yeah. And he came into my office one day. Um, well, the first time he came in, and he just, he was there a, a little too long. And all my, my tellers knew, listen, if I've had somebody that's at this desk for too long, you need to pick up the phone and that's like, you need me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so he was there too long. And so one of my tellers, she, she calls, girl, you good? <laughs> I'm like, 
Yeah, I think I'm. I think I think we're okay. I think I I got to figure it out. So he, I told him, you know, yeah, I think I need to go and take care of something. You need mm-hmm. me back there. So I was trying to get him on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, well, if I give you my number, would you call me? And I was like, well, you don't have to give me your number. I have it right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm your banker. <laughs> I got everything I need to know uh-huh. right here. Uh-huh. So, um. I gave, he waited about two weeks before I, I gave him a call mm. and he was like, after there, it was, it was all good. But one day he came into my office and, um, some days I would be sitting out in the lobby and some days I would be inside my office. Well, this day I was in my office and he came into my office and he sat down and he closed the door and he was trying to talk to me. And I was just like, you know, I was kind of giving him the cold shoulder. I've had I'm still working through some things then I've worked through now. Um, but he said there, he literally like God literally told him my whole life and he shared it with, he shared it with me at that, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting there at my desk where it had me in tears. And I was like, Mm -hmm. hell, you know, like, how do you know all of this? Like he told me everything, Mm -hmm. everything. Wow. And I ain't told nobody because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. certain things I'm just, I'm just private in my yeah. life. Yeah. I realize now, like there are certain things that I went through to help somebody else yeah. get yeah. through. Um, but he came and he just told, he just told me everything. And, and I knew that that was God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At that point I was like, okay, I guess I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, oh and he's, uh, he's, and he's still here. He, he, and he's amazing. Yeah, he he's is. amazing. So, um, Nicole, we are, um, uh, we're so grateful. I can speak for, you know, both of us that, um, that you took not only the time, but you opened up about stuff that you, you know, you haven't opened up about, you know, about before. And I just know you're going to inspire a lot of people, you know, not just through this platform, but through whatever platforms God decides to put you in, in the future. Like, like I said, you're just getting started. I'm so proud of you. I've known you for a few years now and, and sincerely, like just everything that you do, we're paying attention. People are paying attention and, um, um, just, uh, go get them girl. Like we are, we, we are fans. So I appreciate Thank you. I appreciate you guys. We love you too. I'll tell you this. Being connected with you, this is proximity, right? Mm-hmm. Being connected to you guys has has changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I felt I was doing okay in real estate, but just being able to be connected with you to learn to to grow together with the organization and what you've built here with EXP has been a game changer mm-hmm. for me. From day one, I remember us having a conversation and I was like, listen, I need it all. I need need you to tell me how (laughs) to get to the next level. Like I need, I need this. And you were like, no problem. And every time that I've ever had to call you, if I ever needed anything, even when I do events, if, if I, you know, asked you to come, like, you've never told me, no, you've always showed up. You've always been there. Um, You've opened your home Mm -hmm. to me, even, you know, with events that we've done, both of you and, I just want to say that I am, I'm grateful for you guys. I, I love you guys as a couple. I always tell people like you got, I'm fans, I'm fans Aww. of your relationship, you know, your relationship with each other, your relationship with your children, your relationship with God. Like I'm true fans of that. I, I see your mentorship, your discipleship, mm-hmm. you know, the sacrifices that you make, you know, the commitments that you make, um, all of that, all of that. And that does not go unnoticed either. No. So. I just want to personally say 
thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for so. believing in me. Thank mm -hmm. you for supporting me. Thank you. Just, I just, I love your wife so much. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Trust me, everybody knows. <laughs> I do have a hard time keeping my hands off of it. Like yes. Such a sweetheart. Like, oh, yeah. and just like you have always been welcoming you know um but just like the conversations that we have like you're just such a a real you know a real person yep. right thank yep. you which is hard to find i know yeah. yeah it's really really hard to find um because people are always either wanting to live up with the joneses want to be who they're not like you come with your authentic self yeah. and it's a beautiful it's, it's beautiful yeah. right it's what i fell in love with yeah that's i mean there's no question mm -hmm. yeah when she laughs it's real <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she and she you're, you nailed it like there's just not a fake bone in her body yeah. and um yeah so thank you so much Nicole. yeah thank you you're amazing Love you. so you hey guys um proximity podcast episode two with nicole reed we are so grateful hey get in the room and we'll see you next time <laughs>